guys ready to get into the word? Okay. So, the topic is gratitude. Stop complaining. Start living. Awesome. So, the title of my message is, Did You Understand the Question? <laughs> Did you understand the question? So, we're going to dive straight in. Um, we're going to talk about this person, uh, John. His name is not John. It's the book of John, chapter 5, verse 1 to 8. So there was a certain man who was crippled, right? And he used to hang out at this place. Uh, it was called the Pool of Bethesda. I used to always get the pronunciation wrong. The Pool of Bethesda. Bethesda. No, Bethesda. <laughs> yeah. So he used to hang out down there because uh, an angel used to come down to that pool with no, there was no fixed time. An angel used to appear and stir the water. Right? I'm, I'm sure most of you know the story. The angel would appear and stir the water. And whoever got in as soon as the angel stirred the water got healed. So here's this guy. The Bible says that um, he, was, he had this problem for about 38 years. You know, and he was hanging out at that pool for 38 years waiting to get in. And the Bible says that at that pool where, you know, the blind, the deaf the dumb, the crippled, they were all hanging out there, you know, and they were all complaining about the same thing, saying, ah, oh, you know, when the angel stirs the water, those guys jump in fast and they get healed, you know? And when you're sitting down in that kind of atmosphere, it does affect you. It does affect your thinking. You know, after a while, your gratitude starts to turn into a complaint. Because there's, I mean, we have a million reasons to complain, right? It's, it's so easy to complain. It's, I think complaining is the easiest thing to do. It's even easier than gaining weight. <laughs> Did you understand the question? So, on this particular day, on the Sabbath, none other than Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, comes onto that pool. And he sees the man. And he comes up to him and he says... Now, in the NK, in the New King James Version, Jesus says, do you want to be made well? In some version, it says, do you want to be healed? Uh, there was one version, I forgot what it was, and, uh, where Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? It's a very simple question, right? Just think about it. You're having a financial problem, and Jesus comes up to you and says, do you want to be debt free? What would the answer be? Yes, no, yes? You've got a sickness. Do you want to be healed? What do you think the answer would be? Yes. Awesome. Did you understand the question? It was a simple question. Do you want to be made well? And I, I always wondered, why did he answer that, you know? And then uh, when I was internalizing, I realized, yes, because when you're in a company of people who are unhappy, you can be the happiest person. But when you're hanging around with a group of people who are always complaining, whether you like it or not, you're going to fall into that category. And his answer to Jesus, you think about it, okay, so he didn't read the book of John as yet, right? But when Jesus show up, shows up, you know it. And his answer was, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool 
Was that the question? The question was, do you want to be made well? But here's his answer. Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. Do you want to be made well? But when I'm coming up, another steps down before me. Do you want to be made well? It's a simple question, right, when we think about it today. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be healed? Oh, Lord, you know the doctor, he charges me too much so I can't go. Do you want to be made well? Lord, my insurance is expired and I'm in trouble now. It sounds kind of strange, right? But how many times do we do that on a daily basis? You know, when we know the word of God, we know what we need to do, but it's so easy to complain. Lord, you know, that promotion, that colleague, you know, he or she went and, you know, spoke behind my back and I lost my promotion. It's so easy to complain, right? You know, and uh, the, the kind of answer that the man gave is exactly what we do in prayer. You know, uh, I, I, in, in no way do I mean to, you know, make fun of anyone's circumstances, situation, but this is what we do. Lord, John has cancer. What? John has cancer? Lord, he has stage four cancer. And the Lord is, John has stage four cancer. Angels, what are you guys doing? Do you think that's what's happening in heaven? Do you think that the Lord doesn't know that John has cancer? Do you think the Lord doesn't know that John has stage four cancer? Lord, my check bounced. They're coming to get me. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying, right? When the Lord's in there, what? Fabian, your check bounced? Angels, you've got to tell me this stuff. No, you know, because many times in prayer, we want to tell God what the problem is. And this is what the man did. He, you know, he was telling Jesus what the problem is. But actually, in the, there's a verse down there which I didn't include. Where Jesus said he knew exactly, sorry, the Bible says Jesus knew exactly what was happening. He knew the exact situation the man was in. And that's why he asked him, do you want to be made well? He didn't say, do you want me to help you down to the pool? You know, <laughs> and uh, so when we get a, a revelation of who we are, you know, as we sang today, I'm a child of God, right? When we get a revelation of who we are, the question is, do you want to be made well, is our response to prayer. I mean, that's how we respond. You know, when we come, to, when we come in prayer to, Lord, uh, to the Lord, we don't tell him what the problem is. He knows it. You know, uh, I tried it once, you know, um, about two years back. I tried to cut out all of my information, informing God how bad my colleague is, and they've given me seven days to pick up, or I'm going to be fired, or, you know, I've got ten days to make that payment, or I'm going to be in trouble. I tried to cut all of that out. You know how long was my prayer? It was like three minutes. Because the, I realized the prayer, you know, of informing God and telling him how bad it is. You know, sometimes we feel, as I said, Lord, John has stage four cancer. It's like, what are we trying to do there? Right? The Lord knows it. Instead, what, what, what should we do? Stand upon the word of God and say, Lord, I believe that by your stripes, John is healed. Amen. Right? If you're having a problem, Lord, I believe that you will supply all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? Let's take a step back and see where did complaining actually start from? Do you want to take a guess? Do you know who was the first person to complain? I'm getting Adam and Eve. <laughs> it was, ah, you're cheating. You're looking at the Bible. No, I'm 
I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Because <laughs> she had a phone and I was like, ah, oh, she did check. It was actually Adam. Sorry, I'm just going to guess the border. Adam was the first man, we know that. He was also the first man to complain. You know, um, it says here in Genesis 3, right? Uh, this is what Adam was telling. Uh, yeah, so after they ate from the, from the tree, uh, this is what Adam says. The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. Because God said, why you guys, how do you know you're naked? What happened, right? Immediately complained. The woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate, right? Now, I don't have this, I didn't put it here because I wanted to tell you the story. If you actually go one chapter back, one chapter back, so we're looking at Genesis 3, uh, you, you, you can do this uh, at home. So if you go one chapter back, that's when God actually created Eve out of uh, uh, Adam's rib, right? And when God brought Eve to Adam, Adam gave this kind of speech that you'll do on, on Valentine's Day. God never asked Adam to give a speech. He said, she is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Do you remember that verse? And then he also says after that, uh, if I could paraphrase, I don't even need my mommy or my daddy. I want her. Because the verse says, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave and they shall become one flesh. He gave this amazing speech, right? As soon as he saw Adam, even, you know, if you want to make a joke, he even forgot who his mom and dad were. He's, as soon as he saw Eve, I want Eve. But as soon as, as soon as something bad happened, the woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And that's where the complaining started on this earth. But you know who was the first being who actually complained? This should be an easy one. As, as he was known as Lucifer back then. So Lucifer was one of the top-ranking angels. He was, in fact, uh, you know, the person in charge of worship. But there came a time where he wanted to be worshipped instead of worshipping. And he had a complaint, right? And then we, as we read in Isaiah, we have, yeah, Isaiah uh, 14, uh, and, this, and that's what he received. How, are, how you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'm not going to read the rest. And his complaint, he was actually able to get quite a number of angels to go with him because they all believed his complaint, saying, yes, Lucifer, you should also be worshipped. So the next time you, you feel the urge, the need to complain, remember where complaining comes from, you know. Uh, so, so what do we do now? It's very simple. Two words. Stop. Stop complaining. Amen. Uh, to complain, right? Complaining is like a thief. It robs you of your destiny. Well, you may think, hey, Fabian, you know, like, there are things worse than complaining. Why are you making such a big deal about it? But as... Uh, I go through a message, as I try to uh, unpack a couple of verses, right? We'll begin to see that how complaining can rob you of your destiny. It can, it, it, it's really a thief. You know, you may think that, you know, if I go and I commit a sin or I kill someone, but actually it's the small things that actually matter. So if you're a person who, I'm, I'm, 
you know, I'm not saying that you don't complain, but I'm saying that if your attitude is complaining, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, then, then this message is for you. You know, and, and, and for those of us who are trying to get an understanding of this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to uh, un, unpack as much as I can uh, of what the word says about complaining. And if you have any questions after that, you feel free to come to me. So we, we found out who was the first person who complained, the first being who complained. And now let's look at the first, if you want to say, country that complained, right? And it's none other than, it's none other than Israel. Because uh, there's, there's a bit of dispute. Some say 14, some say 15. But the, the nation of Israel, the tribes of Israel, they complained a total of, let's say, 15 times during the time in the desert. So here it is. You know, the first time when Moses, when God sent Moses to come and d deliver them. So when Moses came up to them, he said, guys, you know, uh, the Lord has sent me, you know, He's going to take us out, right? Je Jehovah, he's going to take us out. And what happened when he went to Pharaoh? Pharaoh turned and said, oh, you guys are too lazy, so let me make your work double, right? And the people came up to Moses and said, you know what? You're a troublemaker. You said you were going to set us free, but here we are getting beaten even more, having to work harder. The first time, uh, my first job in Dubai, as soon as I landed here, in about six months, I realized that it was... It, it was like the jungle, you know, it was, if you want to say, it was dog-eat-dog and everything. And I was like, Lord, I need a better job. Apart from that, everything was fine. I said, Lord, I need a better job. I can't do this anymore. I need a better job. And after a month, you know, uh, my boss calls me in and he says, uh, we're giving you 30 days to improve or we're going to let you go. And I was like, Lord, but I was praying for a better job. And the enemy, you know, you know the enemy, right? He loves to whisper in our ears. And he said, see, you should have just shut up, sucked it up, and gone to work. Why did you have to open your mouth and pray? Now, see, God is punishing you because of your pride. You want a better job. You know, you need to take up your cross. You need to carry your cross. Does this sound familiar? But the enemy keeps, you know, whispering lies into your ear. And I was like... At first, yes, I was shaken up. I was like, I'm looking for a new job, but these guys want to kick me out. You know, it was the other way around. I wanted to leave them, right? But that's what the enemy always does, you know. When we want to break through, when we want to go to the next step, when we pray about it, he's going to try to make you regret that. And that's exactly what he tried to do with the children of Israel, right? They were going to be set free. They were slaves, but here comes, so they were complaining all along, and it's because of their complaints that God sent Moses. But as soon as Moses tells them, I'm here, I'm going to set you guys free, the complaints started. And then they started to complain about water. You know how many times they complained about water? Three times. The first time the water was bitter. And if you think about it, you know, you've already seen what God did for them through the plagues and everything. He took them out of Egypt. And here they are complaining. Now, I'm not saying that they weren't thirsty. I'm not saying that they didn't need water. But when you've just seen the miraculous things that God did for them in the desert, right, in the wilderness, and here you have better water. Just imagine, right, if my son Judah comes up to me and complains that he doesn't have water and says, do you want me to die of thirst? Actually, I think he did that once. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Just imagine, if you are a child of God, right? 
How do you go up to God? You don't go up to God with a complaint. But if you don't have a relationship with God, you obviously think that if I ask him nicely, he's not going to do it. I need to make a big noise, you know? And it started with that, right? They started complaining about water. And then again, they were, so in Exodus 15, they complained that the water was uh, bitter. In Exodus 17, they, two chapters later, they complained again that we are thirsty. And then in, it went, the next was in, in Numbers 20. They complained again there was no water. And this is where Moses slipped up, you know. Moses was called to lead them into the promised land. You know, as I said earlier, if you surround yourself with complainers, it's gonna get to you. Now Moses was hearing complaints constantly, and the third time when the Lord told him to speak to the rock for the water to come out, he got so wild with the people, he wasn't mad at God, he got so wild and he took a stick and he struck the rock, right? Because when you're in that place surrounded by people who are unhappy, you know, surrounded by people who are constantly ranting and raving. You see, Moses had a direct relationship with God, right? He spoke to God uh, quite often. But in spite of that, he slipped up, you know. And, because, and that cost him, you know the story, that Moses was not allowed to go into the promised land. The Lord raised up Joshua in his place. So complaining is not just... You know, it's not just something you say, oh, I'm a complainer, I shouldn't. No, complaining, and, and here's the proof. Imagine, Moses had one mission, just one mission. Lead the children into the promised land. One mission. And it's, it's really sad, right, that he goofed up. Just, just one single slip up, you know, affected. He didn't complain. He was affected by the people who were complaining. And then the people complained about food. You remember that? Oh, you know, in Egypt we had pots of meat to eat. You know, for the complainer, we always think that the days, you know, uh, uh, that are behind us were better, right? You know, the, the many times too when I would say, oh, you know, in this job or in that job when I was in college. But then when I would sit back and think, I'd be like, no, actually that job was terrible. But when you're going to get in a complaint mood, you'd always say, oh, you know, when I went to that restaurant last week, service was great. You know? Oh, you know, when we went for that movie last time, oh, you know, the theater was so cold, you know? You always keep, uh, you always keep forgetting because when, you, when you're in that habit of complaining, you know, you always think that the grass is greener on the other side. You always think that you're having it bad. So what do we need to do? We start praising. So... The title is uh, Gratitude, Stop Complaining, Start Living, right? So the way you start living is the way you start praising. You know, the songs that we sang today, right? I was just thinking about it. Uh, we praise you, right? Uh, what are those lyrics? We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. Figure not survive when we complain. The God of Jacob's on our side, forever lifted high. With all creation cry, God, we complain. Doesn't work that way, right? Just imagine if the, if the song was that way. <laughs> there would be absolutely no victory. Start praising. So, did you get the point about stopping to complain? Did it make sense? It robs you. 
It robs you, church. It robs you of your destiny. It robs you of joy. It robs you of pleasure. It just robs you. It, it's a thief. You know, when you think about complaining, just think it's a thief. It's come there to steal from you. Whatever happiness and joy you have in your life, complaining has come into your life to steal from you. So whenever you feel that, you feel the urge to complain, kick that out. Kick it out. You know, I'm, I'm serious about that. Whenever you feel the urge to complain, kick out that feeling. Rebuke that spirit because it is a spirit. It's come there to steal your joy. Replace it with praise. Now, you know, the world, right? The, the world will always give thanks after the job is done. But we are children of faith. You know, we have seen what God has done in our life already. So when we are faced with a difficult, impossible situation, we need to know, we need to remember, you know, that the same God who rescued us from that problem is the same God who can rescue us from what we're going through right now. And that's the reason you can praise God. You're not meant to just blindly praise God like a parrot, you know. I praise you, I praise you, or, or, or a robot. I sounded more like a robot. I praise you, God, I praise you, Lord, I praise you, I praise you, I praise you, I praise you, you are good, you are good. No, 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 it's, it's not gonna work that way. You know, you need to do it from your heart. You need to get that revelation. Uh, for, for those of you out here who, you, you maybe feel like, I don't get what he's saying. You are not getting what I'm saying, it's because it's a spiritual matter, you know. It has to be in your spirit. And if you don't, if you're still not getting it by the end of the message, you know, uh, uh, what I would seriously recommend you do is to go up to the Lord and say, Lord, give me a revelation of what praises. Give me a revelation. You know, at the age of 14, the Lord showed that to me. And, uh, and by no way is it, is it a brag, you know. At that young age, God showed it to me. And that's why uh, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, wherever you give me an opportunity to speak on this, I will speak on this. And... I'm very happy that Pastor Clint asked me to speak on this subject, you know. Um, I'm just going to give you, a, I'm going to try to break this testimony down very short. I can see we're running out of time. Um, when I was um, in college, uh, it, it was my final year, uh, final semester. When I went down to apply, I had to collect my hall ticket. You know, for those of you who don't know, a hall ticket allows you to write your exam. And when I went down there, they said, uh, you're not going to get your whole ticket. I said, why? They said, because you've missed so many classes, because you need to attend so many classes to get your whole ticket. And I was like, yeah, I know I kind of bunked a couple of French classes, but <laughs> I attended everything else. And then, so I went down to complain to the, uh, the administrative office. I said, this is unfair. I did attend all the classes. And then she opened up a book, and she showed me that this is one particular teacher. He was crippled, co coincidentally. And everyone used to make fun of him like a mock him because he had this very funny walk. You know, I mean, college kids, you know, uh, they, they can be mean. They used to make fun of him. And I was the only guy who never made fun of him. I used to respect him a lot. And I found that he had mocked me absent for his, the entire semester. And she showed me the book. At first I thought it was a mistake. And she showed me the book and I mark, I can see XXXXX completely. And I was, I knew immediately this was an attack. Because the way I got into the college alone was a miracle. I'll save that testimony for another time. And I knew, Lord, you brought me in miraculously into this college, you know. And I know the enemy, because that's the ultimate humiliation. And, you know, I was uh, preaching in the college, you know, I was sharing, uh, I was uh, leading people in worship. And what a shame it is, right? You who were standing up for God, and now you're not going to be able to write your exam. 
And in my friend group, uh, I was the only person who they denied the whole ticket. So I went back home. I knew that this was, uh, you know, that this was an attack. But still, you know how we goof up. I, you know, I never, I, I can say from, you know, the bottom of my heart, you know, uh, honest to God truth, I never use what we call in this country, wasta. I have never used it. I don't intend, because I think I have the highest wasta, and that's the Heavenly Father. You know, I don't really rely, I, I don't need, I, in all humility, I don't need anyone's help in that way. You know, if I'm, I'm stuck in trouble, I know that I have my Heavenly Father, He's, you know, he's my father. He knows what I need. I'll go up to him and I'll tell him my problem. So I went up to the Lord and, oh, sorry, I've got to step back. So against my better judgment, because I was thinking about the shame factor, you know, and I slipped up and I called up the general secretary of the college. Even calling him, I was just cringing. I was like, I know I'm not supposed to do this. But I called him and I said, hey, listen, you know, this thing has happened. Because this teacher apparently was notorious for doing that to students who he just didn't like. You know, he, he just didn't have to like the way you looked. And, you know, he, he tried to put you in trouble. And um, I, I called up the general secretary and he said, hey, uh, sorry, there's nothing I can do for you. And, and this guy wasn't a believer, you know. And I was like... I, you know, I even brought shame to the Lord, right, by knowing I should not go and ask for help, and I did it. And also, you have two months before you can actually write your exam. So each time I opened up my books to actually study, I had no drive to study, you know, because I'm like, I'm going to write my exam. But deep down, deep down inside of my heart, I knew that God will come to my rescue. I didn't know how. <laughs> you know, just like the stories in the Bible, right? Like, they didn't know how the story was going to end, but we know the story, how the story is going to end. And I was praying and praying and praying and praying. You know, and I thank God that I never had any hatred. I never had any anger towards that teacher. I didn't complain about him. You know, I was like, whatever he did, he did. I don't care. I need to write my exams. I need to pass. I need to graduate because I've got things to do, you know? And um, so I was praying and praying and praying. And then uh, I happened to meet this man, you know, who taught me um, the story of Second Chronicles chapter 20, where the children of Israel, uh, sorry, it's the tribe of Judah, where they were one day just, they looked out of the window and they saw an army of uh, three groups. It was the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the people of Mount Seir. It was uncalled for these people just came up to them, right? And uh, they wanted to attack them. Of course, King Jehoshaphat got really scared when he saw them because, you know, it's simple math. Three armies versus one, you're done. And he went up to the Lord, the entire tribe of Judah. They all fasted and prayed for three days. And the Lord gave them this word. Where the Lord said, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours but God's. For those of you who are going through a battle right now, I want you to know, the battle is not yours. It's God's. It says it here in Second Chronicles. Yeah, we have it out there. The battle is not yours, but God's. And that just hit me. The battle is not mine, but the battle belongs to the Lord. Right? And then what did they do? They didn't actually have to go out and fight. The Lord told them, just go out tomorrow and see what's going to happen. Right? And when they went out the next day, they went out in faith. Because they heard from God, right? God said, go out, meet them, and see what I'm going to do for you. You are going to have the victory. Now, in a normal situation, you would think, Lord, but it's still three armies, right? Lord, I know you are with me, 
but there's still three armies down there. Lord, I know you are with me, but they still said it's stage four cancer. Lord, I know you are with me, but my check is gonna bounce tomorrow. Lord, I know you are with me, but they've already given me the letter, you know, they've already fired me, Lord. I know you are with me, I don't have a place to stay. Lord, I know you are with me, but I'm still single. Lord, I know you are with me, but I can't have children. It takes faith. And praise is the result of faith. You know, you cannot praise God if you don't believe him. You know, whatever you're going through right now, church, you know, what, whatever it is, no matter, the, no matter how big the situation, you know, if you know, if you remember the story of David and Goliath, all it took was a pebble. If you have a song, if you know the chorus of a song, that's more than enough. Or in my case, when, you know, when I was in college, all I said was, I'm just gonna praise God. Back then we didn't have songs as cool as we have today. We had, you know, I don't know if you remember us, the songs back then were not that cool. <laughs> so all I would do is I would get on my knees. Uh, okay, well, not all the time on my knees. I'm not going to exaggerate. Whenever I pray, I would just say, Lord, I praise you. I praise you, Lord. I thank you for the victory. I thank you for the victory. I praise you, O Lord. And I just kept praising, and I kept praising, and I kept praising, and I kept praising. I didn't even intend to do it, you know, but I would do it as soon as I wake up. I would do it in the afternoon. And now and then I would go to college to check, okay, maybe, maybe it worked, <laughs> you know, maybe the praising worked. And I would just walk around and no news, nothing. And it came, so I started, I was just praising God. It took about a month. I, I didn't even study. I would just kept praising God and praising God and praising God. And then, it, I, I, okay, uh, I got to point out, I didn't tell my family at all. I didn't want my mom freaking out. <laughs> I didn't want my brother and sister to be ashamed. I was, I, I was going through this alone. Uh, I didn't want, yeah, I just didn't want my family to get startled about it. So it was the final day. Now you need to go and collect your hall ticket because the exam starts tomorrow. I woke up that morning, I was like, Lord, you've got my back, I know it. In the, uh, all the way in the train, I was just praising God. It was a 40 minute journey to college. I was praising God, praising God. And my friends, they were like, dude, did you tell your parents that you didn't get your whole ticket? I just refused to get into any of those conversations. I was just praising God and praising God. And as soon as I reached the college, um, there was a lot of buzzing. Hey, there's that. And I was like, uh, I could feel, even though I couldn't understand what was happening, but I knew something was happening in my spirit. And right now, as soon as I entered in, they, what happened was, uh, up till today, I do not know the entire story, but all I know is that something changed on the top management and they said that everybody, irrespective of the reason, they're gonna get their hall ticket, you know? And uh, all glory to God, right? All glory, because, uh, you know, uh, uh, we all have certain stands that we take in life, right? Like I said, Lord, uh, since you are with me, I will never have to fail a year. I will never have to repeat anything. If, if that has happened to you, don't feel bad. Don't look down on yourself. That was just my stand. I said, Lord, if you are with me, I will not repeat a year, you know? And, and God did that for me. And uh, when we had a college reunion uh, 25 years later, uh, I think I've just told you how old I am. <laughs> so, when we had it 25 years later, I've, I've completely forgotten about this teacher. Somebody had actually called him on the phone, totally forgetting what happened between us, and I actually got a chance to speak to the guy. 
And he, of course, he completely forgot about that. And he was like, how are you doing, my son? You know, I said, oh, sir, you know, I'm living now in Dubai. And, oh, he was so happy. You know, we had the best conversation ever. And so this happened in, I think, just, just before COVID. And, you know, I felt that the Lord just closed that door, you know, uh, that me and him, I know. And uh, fun fact, he's a Christian, you know, <laughs> that, uh, that he's a Christian. So I believe that when we meet, uh, I don't know if he's alive still, but I know that when we meet in heaven, we're going to be buddies. I may ask him, hey, why did he do that? But it's all good. <laughs> so the children of Israel, right, they went down. And they just kept praising God. And what happened was Ammon turned and started killing Moab. Moab started killing Monsi. And these three armies turned around and started killing each other. Why? Because when you praise God, the enemy goes nuts. He doesn't know what to do. See, because if you're trying to uh, talk to the enemy, right? He's going to try to talk back to you. But when you praise God the dude doesn't stand a chance. When you praise God, it just, he goes nuts. And, th and that's what happens. You see, the three armies started turning on each other and, and killing each other, you know. And to be honest, it's not the, the only time that has happened in my life, you know. And uh, I can say quite honestly that every situation, every, I mean, you name the most impossible of situations, I, I, I always praise God because I found that praising God you have a revelation of who God is so that you know that you already have the victory. You know, so don't do it like a robot, you know. You need to know that, yes, I am a child of God. As we sang, I am a child of God. I am no longer a slave to fear. Now, if you're not a child of God, you will be a slave to fear. You can sing it as much as you want, but it's not going to make sense. If you're a child of God alone, you are no longer a slave to fear. And just to wrap up, Uh, just to wrap up, so what happened to the man who we spoke about, the crippled man? Did you understand the question, right? But Jesus was gracious to him, you know. And even though he did not, even though he got the, the answer wrong, right? Do you want to be healed? His answer was, there's no one to take me down to the pool, you know. Uh, but the story ends with Jesus being gracious uh, with him and telling him, Take up your bed and walk. And the man, you see, he also had to exercise faith. Because when Jesus told him, take up your mat, take up your bed and walk, he could have just sat down and said, ah, I need the angel to stir the water. <laughs> you know, because obviously people were very obsessed with the stirring of the water. And uh, the, the story ends in a good note, you know. But what I'd like to uh, lay down before each one of us today is, you know, did you understand the question? When you're faced with an impossible situation, did you understand the question? Do you want to be set free? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be debt free? You know, do you want a breakthrough in your life? See, nobody likes a complainer. Everyone loves a joyful person, right? So it, it, it's our decision, basically. And end of the day, you know, Pastor Clint, myself, you know, we can stand out here and preach the gospel to you, but it's your choice. Do you want to complain or do you want to praise God? A life of complaining is a life of defeat. A life of gratitude is a life of victory. I'll say that again. A life of complaining is a life of defeat. 
A life of gratitude is a life of victory. Amen. Let's just close our eyes for a minute. Heavenly Father, as we come before you right now, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for the revelations that you give us, oh Lord. It's because you love us so much. And we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you, Father, for setting us free, oh Lord. We thank you for opening eyes, oh Lord. We thank you, Lord, for giving us, Lord, filling us with gratitude, oh Lord, that we, that in impossible situations, oh Lord, that we can praise you, Father. In the midst of the storm, oh Father, we can praise you, Father. In the raging sea, we can praise you, Father. When faced with giants, we can praise you, Father. For you are worthy to be praised, O oh Lord. And we know, Lord, that when we praise you, Father, yes, Lord, that the victory will happen, O oh Father. Yes, Lord. And I just pray, O oh Lord, for everyone here today, O oh Lord, that whatever, O oh Lord, that we are going through, whatever challenge, whatever struggle, Lord, I pray that you will turn our hearts around, O oh Lord, because we know that you have already given us the victory, O oh Lord. That in your name, we are victorious. Father, give us the revelation, O oh Father. Help us to see that we are already victorious, O oh Lord. Yes, Father, against that boss or that teacher, Father, or that colleague or that neighbor or that business partner, Father. Let us know that we can still be happy, O oh Lord. We can still be joyful in those difficult situations. For we know that victory is for us, O oh Lord. That whatever we are going through, that... You know the end from the beginning. You know the beginning from the end, O oh Lord. So we just trust you, Father, and we just lift up our voice and we praise you, Father. Yes, Lord, we pray all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.